Hey everyone, it's Pastor Jacob. Hope this message gives you encouragement, perspective, and revelation from God to give to others. Also, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram page, Fusion Student Media, and also follow me on Instagram, at Jacob underscore Malasa underscore. We hope you enjoyed the message. Week three of our series, Best Friends, we, I've, been, I've been going at it with this series. Like this series has, has and I'm gonna be honest with you, it's shown me the type of friends I should have. Now, it sounds weird. Youth pastors, you're supposed to have amazing Christian friends. No, not all the time because, because this series that God has spoken to me has given me a greater perspective of what type of friends I should have because I've had friends in the sense that weren't the best for me. But, but it's helping me have a better understanding and a better, a better viewpoint of what type of friends to have. But also, it's also helping me to be a, the friend that I need to be for to be for somebody else because you can have some of the best friends in the world, but what type of friend are you to other people? That's the question. So I'm, I'm encouraged by the fact that I have great friends, but I'm being more challenged in the sense of, do I, am I a good friend to somebody who I know that might need me? So, so for this series, we've been talking about, so week one, we talked about following the crowd. Can you lower my mic a little bit, Elijah? It's a little, Vox 5. It's a little hot right here. I need to lower that. Um, test it. We're good. Okay. Um, week one, I talked about following the crowd. And when I met by following the crowd that week, I talked about how sometimes we like to follow whatever people do, whatever our friends do. And sometimes it's not beneficial but we follow it anyways, and I taught you that we to actually lead in the friendship rather than just follow it, especially if it's in a place of it leads you into trouble. Week two, I talked about how is Jesus the center of your friendships. Now, I'm not saying like religiously or like a religious thought of like, oh, like, guess what? I'm sending my BFF John 3.16 the next morning. Like, not like that, but like, like is, is, I talked about the three braided cord last week. I talked about how you're one of the cords, the other friend is one of the cords, and then Jesus is that third cord to where it's not easy, the friendship is not easily broken. So I talked about that last week. And for this week, I'm very excited because it's a continuation of a sermon I preached last year. Well, the theme scripture that we've been using is uh, Proverbs 18.24. Friends come and friends go, but a true friend sticks by you like family. This message I preached, it was my second sermon I ever preached. If you heard me last year, I was, I'm not, I'm not going to say I was horrible, but I wasn't as good, as better as I am now. I've worked at the craft, but, but when I first started, oh, I don't even want to hear that, those messages anymore. Like, it's just like, oh, cringe. Like, I don't want to hear it. Like, you know how, like, you don't want to hear yourself sing, like, you know, you're good at singing, but you don't want to hear yourself sing. I hate it. Someone videoed me my first sermon. I did it in school. And, and one of the things I hated was they videoed me on my first message and they sent it to me. And, and my friend Kyla, she was like, you need to watch this. Like, what is so good? I'm like, I don't want to watch this. I thought it was horrible. But, but, but as I've continued to, to obviously by the spirit of God, he's giving me the message, but rocking my own craft, like being, having skill at it, I've gotten obviously a lot better. But this message I preached, it was called The Friendships That Matter, and it was in February, I think. I was preaching once a month at that time, and I talked about how, you know, the difference between a true friend and a fake friend, but I don't want to label that now because 
Sometimes we don't have fake friends. It's just they're trying to hide a facade. Maybe they're dealing with something, and I want to call them a fake friend if they're dealing with something. So I wanted to talk something, you know, a little bit different this week. I know he just put up the title, but it's basically the friendships that matter part two. That's the message. But I want to read to you from 1 Samuel 18, 1 through 5. It says, after David, after David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David. And watch this phrase. He loved him as he loved himself. Remember that phrase. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow and his belt. Whatever mission Saul sent him on, David was so successful that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. This pleased all the troops and Saul's officers as well. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this message, Lord. I pray that you speak to the hearts of these people tonight, Lord, not just the students, but everyone who is under the sound of my voice. Father, I pray, Lord, that it's not my skill to preach. It's nothing like that, but, Lord, your spirit speaks through me. And, Lord, use my voice as your mouthpiece to preach your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So one of the cool things I thought that was the... the the thing about Jonathan and David, it's a perfect picture of what a, a, a true best friend looks like. And I'm, and I'm going to explain it. The, the dude had a great liking of, of, of David. I want to put you in David's shoes for a moment. You have a friend that all of a sudden, this type of friend that you have, has this liking towards you, like, like, like you're cool or whatever. But, but to hear the phrase, he loved him as himself, and I thought it was kind of weird. Like I tried to tried to figure out the phrase myself, trying to read the scripture. And one of the things that I realized was, was the reason why he loved him as he loved himself is because he started to realize that he was starting to love his friends as he loved himself. That was the picture that Jonathan was given to David was, I was going to love him as I would love myself. And one of the cool things is that he gave him pieces of his armor, literally, Gave, took off his robe, basically stripped, took off his robe, took off all of his armor, and like just, just threw it onto, onto David, gave it to him. Like that's one of, the, one of the memories I have about something like that is when my friend AJ, it was me, my, uh, AJ, and, and Zane. We were like a, a trio in our school. We were really close. And, and AJ was always giving away stuff. Like he was, he just... He was that person that would buy something, give it to someone. Like that was his, that was his whole ordeal. So he, he basically, he gave me, cause, and he, pretty much he's the reason I started getting into Jordans, or, or at least sneakers as a matter of fact. He's the reason I got into sneakers. And so one of the things that, that encouraged me from what I remembered after reading Jonathan and David was when he gave, he gave me a pair of his Jordans that he wore for forever. His boss bought it for him, and he, and he would wear it. And so he gave it to me. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I got to wear it like my first pair of Jordans, in a sense. But the thing that, that blew me away was I, I threw them away probably in, somewhere in October of, of 2020. It's just they were beat up. I didn't want them no more. So he messaged me a few months, a, a few months ago, and he was telling me, like, uh, 
Like, yo, you still have the you still have the Jordans I gave you? I said, nah, man. I they were so beat up. Like I had to I had to throw them away. It's like, oh, it's good. Like, yeah, they were really, really beat up. And I said, I said, well, how much were they or whatever? He was like, yeah, when they when his boss bought it from him, it was like mm, 200. Usually when Jordans release, they're 200 on release. But the funny thing is, is that he said, bro, I saw the price now of like a, like, cause you can't find it anywhere. I don't think you can find it on StockX. He said, bro, they're like almost like a thousand dollars. I said, you gave me a pair of a thousand dollar Jordans. They were like an 04 sneaker. A thousand dollars? You could have sold that and saved that for money. Like he sold, he gave me something that was worth a thousand dollars. And I thought I could have sold that if I would have known. And he, and he just gave, I said, why did you just give that to me? He said, I don't know. I just gave him away. And it shocked me because I was like, like, that just doesn't make any sense. Like, that's just, if you, if I would have known those shoes were a thousand dollars, I would have sold them myself. Honestly, I would have never cared for the shoes. I would have wanted money, obviously. But, but I think it's a picture that, that it reminded me when I read Jonathan and David where, where you, we can have those friends that can go out of the way and sacrifice something for us. Now, not obviously not just giving stuff. I mean, Jonathan gave David the suit, the armor. He like he gave him all of that. But one of the things, it's it's one thing that you give a friend something, but it's another where you're defending a friend out of the will of someone that you are with. He went against his father's will, King Saul. He went against his will and actually pretty much defended David. Even though David didn't do anything wrong, he defended David and, and, and took his side because Saul wanted to kill him. At that time, David wanted to be king, or David was anointed to be king. And the same anointing that was on Saul left Saul and went on to uh, David. So Saul was pretty mad. He was upset about it. So he planned to kill David, and he told everyone in his men, I want to read this to you in, in 1 Samuel chapter 19, a chapter after, verse 1. Saul told his son Jonathan and all the attendants to kill David. But Jonathan took a great liking to David and warned him, My father Saul is looking for a chance to kill you. Be on guard tomorrow morning. Go into hiding and stay there. I will go out and stand with my father in the field where you are, I will speak to him about you and will tell you what I find out. Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul and uh, his father and said to him, let not the king do wrong to his servant David. He has, he has not wronged you and what he has done has benefited you greatly. He took his life in his hands when he killed the Philistine. That he was saying, David, that was the time where David defeated Goliath. If you know that Bible story, David defeated Goliath and won victory for Israel at that time. Verse 5, kill the Philistine. The Lord won the great victory for all Israel. And you saw it and were glad. Why would you do wrong to an innocent man like David by killing him for no reason? Saul listened to Jonathan and took this oath. As surely as the Lord lives, David will not be put to death. Question, question. Are you selfless in your friendships or are you selfish in your friendships? Are you selfless in your friendship? Let me say that again. Are you selfless in your friendships or are you selfish in your friendships? Because it shows me, I, I, I figured this out yesterday. 
when I was preparing it a little bit more. God has shown me in that phrase where Jonathan said he loved David as he loved himself. That comes to show me the way, obviously, and you've heard this phrase, the way you treat your friend is the way you treat yourself. So the question I have for you to challenge your, your, your being is that are you treating people badly because you treat yourself badly? Do you treat people like they're nothing because you feel like you were nothing? That's the question. Am I treating people how I treat myself? Because if I love myself, not as a self-indulgence, like because I know people that love themselves and hate people. I know those people like that. But, but if you truly love yourself in a fact of you love yourself and you love God, you'll learn to love your friends. But a lot of times, especially in our culture, we have, we have people that would rather get something from a friendship rather, rather than give something in the friendship. There's a 50 to zero thing in our culture where it's just like, I need this friend because I need it. Or like, I need friends. I can't give, but I need. Another question, do you, do you make fun of your friends in a way because you think you're a joke? Yeah. Do you make fun and do you humiliate other people and your friends because you have been humiliated? I've realized the way we treat our friends is the way we treat ourselves. I believe that a wholeheartedly because I've realized that in my own life, the friends that I've rejected and neglected is because I used to reject and neglect myself. I started to realize that as I, as I was studying the scripture, Jonathan loved David because he loved himself. If I don't learn to love myself and ultimately love God, I can't love my friends the way I'm supposed to. Because instead of loving my friends, I will learn to reject and destroy my friends because I have learned to destroy myself. And the challenge is, is that are you selfless or selfish? David and Jonathan truly were best friends. Like this was a picture of what a friendship looks like. The scripture also says that in another translation, Jonathan said that David was like a knit to his own soul, which means he was tied with David like a, almost like a soul tie, so to speak. They were so close like brothers. And that's, that's the picture of what Jonathan was. And and I'm not just saying, I don't want you to just put your, your, yourself in the shoes of David. I want you to put yourself in the shoes of Jonathan, where you can be that friend that is selfless towards the people that you love and care about. Because I've realized, for example, I obviously love my parents because of what they've done for me. Obviously. But at the same time, I had to realize, do I just love them for what they've done for me? Or am I going to love them for who they are, not just in my life, but how would, how would, if I love myself, how would I treat, how would I want to be treated if I really love myself? I would want someone to sacrifice for me. I would want someone to have hospitality towards me. I would want someone to shepherd me and counsel me. That's what I want. But the fact is, is that if we have a distorted view of ourselves, we will have a distorted view of our friends and people. We will always have that distortion. 
until we start to realize that our, our view on us has an effect on God and people. Because if we don't learn to love ourselves and love God, then we have a hard time loving and sacrificing things for our friends. Later in chapter 20, pretty much in the context of what it was talking about, uh, Saul pretty much got angry again and was actually going to kill Jonathan, his son, and David, both. And Jonathan and David were on the run, but Jonathan was still by David's side. Now, I'm not saying you're going to have to go against your parents' will to, for, for the homie. Like, you don't have to do that. That's, I don't think that's hypothetical for today. But I want that to be a picture of how to be selfless for a friend. Because that's something that I would have never expected. Because here's what's even worse. Jonathan should have been king. If you look at the scripture, Jonathan really should have been king because he was the heir of Saul. The son should get the crown. But David did instead because God anointed David to be king. But Jonathan accepted it not just because he loved David as himself, but he saw the call that God had on David's life. He, like I talked about last week, he appreciated the, the accomplishment. He didn't grumble against it. He appreciated the, the accomplishment that David had. And that's the picture we have to have sometimes. The phenomenal picture of Jonathan and David, it shows us what it means to be the kind of friend that God wants to honor. Jonathan's commitment to David and his selfless love showed a true and lasting friendship. I want you to hear this phrase, best friends love selflessly. Best friends love selflessly. Like I said, you can be like David, where you really want to receive someone like Jonathan, or you're someone that needs to be like Jonathan, who wants to love selflessly. I've been talking about the past two weeks about what the type of friends we should have, and and but I wanna I wanna switch the basically switch the shoe for you to be like David, because we live in a world where, like I said, it's not even fifty fifty anymore. It's not even a fifty fifty friendship. It's just a hundred to zero. When it comes to friendships, what can I get out of it? What can they give me? What, what needs can they meet? Last time I checked, they don't meet needs. God does. God do meets more needs than a person can ever do in your lifetime. But we still go to people. We still go to those things. We still try to think that they fulfill something, but they don't. They don't fulfill like God does. I can promise you from experience, they, God is more of a fulfillment. Because when everybody else walks away, when everybody else is not by my side, just like Jesus had it, when all the disciples scattered, he knew what he had to do. I know that God will stay with me even when everybody else leaves. I know it. And that's how you have more faith in Christ because if I learn that God's still with me, then I won't be as affected when people leave me. Because, because God has something for me that no human can give or take away, which is his love, his selfless love. And that's what it shows me. It shows me how to love not just God, but to understand and love myself. It's not a selfish thing. It's biblically, it's showing us, I want someone to sacrifice for me, so I should sacrifice for my friend too. Not to get something back, but to have that heart. To sacrifice yourself for that friend that you care about the most. That's the picture. That's the picture I want you to get. Best friends love selflessly. 
They don't live in a place of, what can I get out of this? Because we have God that can do that. We have God, Lord, we always get something out of what the Lord has. But if we decide, I'm going to give my friend this. I'm going to love my friend this week. I'm going to talk to them this week. I'm going to ask them when they're in the thick of it. I'm going to ask them when they're, when they're in the thick of struggle. I'm going to ask them, do you need me? Because sometimes we need to be that instead of thinking that people just need to be that for us. God has called us to be selfless, especially in our friendships. But the question is, is, okay, how? How do I really do that? Sometimes I feel like I really am the only one that's selfless in the friendship. You learn a lot of the times that, especially in the kingdom of God, you don't really get anything in return, not by the world. You don't really get anything in return. But what you do get is something that God gives you that can't be taken away. It's not what you really desire in your world, but it's something that the kingdom of God gives, which is joy, peace, love, self, the fruits of the Spirit. That cannot be easily taken away from you, especially if you focus on it. And if I learn, like I said, to love God, and not just love God, like I said, if I see myself as God sees me, that means I can learn to love and love selflessly to my friends like, like God does that for me. God's the picture of how to live a selfless friendship. He died for you. That's it. He took every... One of the, one of the scriptures was Jesus could have called a legion of angels to leave that spot where he was being crucified. He could have left earth and quit the crucifixion. And that means we would have been separated from God. But Jesus saw it through selfless love. And in our friendships, it has to be that same mentality. Not just like if you die for someone, I mean, that's a little extra. But, but take that as a picture of, of how can I live selflessly for my friends this week? What type of friends do I need right, that I need to go into their life right now that they're struggling with something, they're dealing with something, they're in the thick of something, and I need to be there for them. I want to be there for them. That shows a selfless friend. Getting them out of the thick of something, that shows humility in your life because the one issue that we run into in friendships is pride. We run into pride all the time. Well, they did this, and they did that, and, but, 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 and they did this. And we point the finger and we cause blame without knowing the fact of, because someone told me this, pride, pride is bad when you don't know that you're prideful. Like, I'm not prideful. That's, that's a picture. That's the signal that sometimes we can be prideful in situations of friendships. All we have to do is unfold the pride blanket and realize the things that we might have done to those friends that we care about. Not just pride, but also, also things in our life that, because I was trying to think of another word rather than just pride, but, but I also think assumptions. That's a good word, assuming. Assuming that your friend said this to somebody. Creating assumption is basically creating a fictional story, like a fictional book. We're creating assumptions without seeing the clarity in it. That's where friendships get lost. 
Jonathan, Jonathan knew the clarity. He knew David was anointed to be king. Guess what? He went and did it with him anyways. Why? Because he had the clarity. But we will just assume. He, Jonathan could have taken what King Saul said and just went with it. Oh, David's, we got to kill him? Okay, let's, let's kill him. Let's kill this mug. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go destroy him. He could have done that. But because he had a passion for loving his friends the way he's supposed to, Jonathan took Daniel's, David's side and actually reached out and vouched for him. But we won't do that because we'll assume, right? We'll assume. Pride and assumptions are some of the biggest friendship killers. They kill friendships. And then the biggest one, conflict. Conflict is, I would say, behind assumptions is one of the biggest friendship killers ever. And the reason why is because once we start fighting, once there's a fight going on with a friend, we withdraw. I talked about this last week. We, we, we distance ourselves when there's a conflict. And I told you last week I did this all the time. But, but you have to know this. If you bypass conflict and you see the growth and the potential of friendships, I talked about this at the end of last week, we will see a potential friendship that could last for years. Jonathan and David were friends for years, even while he was king. And Jonathan, Jonathan's dad told him to kill him. He, sh- he probably should have listened to his dad. because you, You're supposed to listen to your parents. And then he should have realized that he should have been king, not David. He's the heir to the throne. He should have been that. But what Jonathan did was that he sacrificed his pride. He sacrificed the conflict of, man, why does he have to be king? I'm about to tell him something. And also bypassing the assumption that even though his dad wanted him to kill David, he didn't assume that he did nothing wrong. Why? Because he was being that selfless friend that looks for the clarity, drops the pride, and also loves them selflessly. Let's look at, I want to look at Peter. I just talked about Jonathan and David, but I want to talk about Peter for a second. And this is for everyone in here who feels like you can't be used by God or, or you feel like, like, like you have some habits that you're just like, I feel like I just, I'll, I'll look bad and stuff like that. Literally, and, and, and I read this, I heard this from a message. Peter literally preached on the day of Pentecost, but just moments before Jesus' death, cussed out a lady who literally told him, you were with Jesus, and he, and he cussed and he said, I do not know him. So if you feel like you can't be used by God because of these habits that you have, understand there is grace to change. There's grace to change. I just want to leave that side note. But, but, but Peter was like that. Peter was like, God, I'm going to go with you to the cross. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die with you. I'm going to die with you to the cross. Jesus said, I'm going to deny you three. You're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. Literally, he's encouraged. He's like, God, I'm going to be with you because I think Peter saw Jesus as one of his closest friends. But Jesus was like, no, bro, you capping. You're going to deny me thrice. And then thrice. <laughs> and then you're going to. You're going to do it before the rooster crows. Peter's like, nah, dude, I'm going I'm to go to the cross with you. Because we will say stuff to our friends, but we will never show the actions to our friends. Because, because 
Because David showed Jonathan. Nowhere in Scripture did Jonathan say he just loved, like he told David, I love you. He probably did, but there was more action to Jonathan than words. And I get it, words are powerful. The Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. But, but, but his actions showed much more than his words. He gave, he gave David all of his clothes. Basically, just gave him clothes. And then he defended him from to uh, Saul, defended him because he showed the action of it. Peter was like, oh, I'm going to go saying all this stuff. Like you can know when a friend's capping, when they're just like all this and all that. And you're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah you ain't going to do that. You really ain't going to do that. But that's what Peter was doing. He was saying all this stuff. He had the intentional words, but his heart wasn't intentional. Because Jesus already knew, dude, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. You're not going to, you're not going to. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to die with you. We're going we're gonna to die together. Homies for life. I'm going to die with you. He died. He denied him three times. Cussed out the lady on the third one and said, I do not know this man. And the rooster crowed. How much condemnation Peter must have felt because his actions didn't line up with what he told Jesus. And it's probably, it was probably already Jesus, Jesus fulfilled every single prophecy from his, from his, from going to his death to the resurrection. He, he fulfilled every single messianic prophecy. He fulfilled every single one. So Peter was probably supposed to deny, but in that moment, I just feel like, like, like Peter could have, Peter could have just not said that. Because now it must show him that, man, I'm not, Jesus doesn't, I, I, probably speechless in words. He was, he ran away crying and everything. The next day that, that Jesus resurrects, I'm almost finished. I know we got 10 more minutes. When Jesus resurrected and he came to Peter, Peter was fishing. He was doing his own thing. And, 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 and Jesus met him there. I think Jesus was floating. I think it never really said too much, but I knew he was on the water. I said, Jesus was probably floating over the water. It was pretty cool. If you just picture in your head. But, but one of the things that Jesus walked up to Peter and Peter couldn't recognize him at first, but Jesus said to Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, yeah, Lord, I love you. He said, then feed my sheep. He said it again. He said, he said, Peter, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my sheep. Jesus says it a third time. And he says, Peter, do you love me? And I think it hit Peter because it says Peter cried again because it hit what Jesus was doing because of what he had done the uh, three days ago. So, so Peter's just sitting there like, Lord, you know my heart. You know I love you so much. Jesus says, feed my sheep. And the Lord revealed to me that he's saying, love me. If you love me, you will feed my sheep. If you love me, you will love your friends. If you learn to love God, love Christ, and learn that you are loved by God, you will learn to love your friends. Because we don't realize the impact that we have in a friendship 
And Peter is there like, man, denied you. How can I, I'm like the worst friend in the world. Like I'm the worst disciple. He probably thought that. But Jesus went back to him. And he said, and he said, do you love me? If we love God, that's goes back to my point. If we love God and we learn to accept and understand and love ourselves, we will ultimately learn how to love other people, especially our friends. I think Peter realized that because I want you to put up, uh, put up First uh, Peter 4. I want to read this to you. I think Peter got it. Above all else, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Next verse. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Peter got it. This is obviously later in his ministry after Jesus resurrected and ascended, but Peter got it because he realized, in a sense, he rejected his own, someone that he loved and cared about. And you can, because Jesus, because I'm going to preach about that next week about how Jesus is our friend, but I want to show you Jesus was that imitation of that friend that Peter was like, oh, I'm going to go to the cross to you with you, all this stuff. And then did this. It's not a sign of selflessness. It's just a sign of just talking, right? Just talking. He was just trying to make Jesus feel good probably. And he says, no, you're going to deny me three times. And then that happens. Then he rejects him at the cross or before the cross. But then Jesus went back and said, if you love me, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. I believe there has to be there has to be an awakening within you that shows that you want to lo- love that friend selflessly because a lot of us are always wanting to intake but that scripture shows something different Peter's basically saying love each other and offer hospitality without grumbling offer hospitality without grumbling I said this in the beginning I love I love No, 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 that wasn't that. My gifts. I said that my gifts were, I love hospitality. I love shepherding people. And there was a third one I had said, I can't remember. But but one of the things is that if I love to have hospitality towards me, I need to do it to somebody else. If, if, If I love to be shepherd and have someone counsel me, I wanna do that. I wanna do that. There was this one time where, um, uh, I hadn't talked to, and it's about Zane. Zane's a very close friend of mine, legitimately. That's why he's in every single sermon and story. But, but he was having a hard time, and I didn't know about it until he said something. And, and one of the things, something kicked in me. I was like, I was like, I was like, God, you, you, you like, he needs someone. So, so he texted me that day, and he, and he was like, Hey, we need to talk soon. I said, About what? He said, I just need to talk about. I need to get some stuff off my chest. So I was like, Bro, I'll be there Thursday. I'll be there Thursday. So I go. I, I, I'm, I'm there. All, you, all he needed was someone to be present because, because Zane has lived his life, and he can tell you the testimony. He's lived his life having to perform and having to live in the performance to be affirmed. He lived in performance to be affirmed by people. And, and one of the things that he's had to break free from was that. And it's, and it's, and it's hurt him and it's bothered him. And I've always, I've always 
gone to him. I never said, oh, here we go again with Zane. I never came to that thought of, oh, here we go again. Zane's, Zane's dr- being dramatic again. I never had that thought. Because if I was in that moment, how would I think if someone thought that way about me? Oh, here comes Jacob again. He just has another issue to go through. He just has another issue. We treat others the way that we would want to be treated. So if you're thinking, if you are treating people like that, does that mean the way you're treating yourself is the same way? And I want to encourage you to learn to live in that selfless love, to live in that selfless, selfless reality. Because as we continue to, 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 like I said, love God and love others, you will learn to love yourself. You'll love yourself. You'll learn to love others. But the thing is, is that not just, not just that, but the cool part is, is that if once we learn to love God and we understand that we are accepted by God and that we can, that, that ourselves are loved by God, we will learn that some people do really love us. Some of you in here think that nobody loves you. And the reason why is because you don't love yourself. And you don't acknowledge that you love God and you love yourself. Once you start doing that, you will start to understand the people that genuinely love you and genuinely care about you. I thought, dude, I, and that's where the story comes from. The first year, me and Zane, dude, I thought he was ridiculous. I thought he didn't care or whatever. But once I started, one, my first year at CLC, once I started to realize that, 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 that God genuinely loved me and that I had to learn to accept myself, before I could actually change, he started, I started to realize that he genuinely cared about me. He just had his own stuff. He had his own junk that he was going through. He still loved me, but he was going through some stuff. I understood it. But you don't understand it when you're in the mode of you don't care about yourself. Because if you don't care about yourself, you won't care about other people. Love, best friends love selflessly. And Peter saw that. Peter said, go and have hospitality without grumbling. We have to learn this. This is another phrase. Serve others in selfless love. It's the application. It's the application of serving others selflessly. Abraham, back in Genesis, I'm going to finish with this, was, anoint, was, was the father of many nations. You've probably heard the story in school, Bible school or whatever, or however you heard it. And, but the picture is, is that Abraham told, uh, God told Abraham and he said, I'm going to bless you so that you, that your whole family out there, the nations that you will have will be blessed. He went, he went, Abraham walked outside. God told him to walk outside and he said, can you count all these stars in the sky? And so he would try and count all of them. He said, that's how many descendants you would have. That was a blessing and a promise God gave Abraham. But the fact was, was that he was blessing him to be a blessing. If you learn that you're blessed by God, you have to learn you're not just the only one blessed. I don't. I don't agree. I don't, I didn't want to say I hate or I don't like, but I don't agree with people who are just consumed with the blessings of God and not willing to give blessings to other people. That's, that's a, that's a consumer issue because I will tell you right now, it's more of a fulfillment to give than it is to receive. 
It's, it's, there's a greater fulfillment to serve than to be served. Why? Because in our Christian life, Jesus even said it. I did not come to be served, but to serve. That's who Jesus was. He was a king. He was a prince of peace. He was the God. God of the universe was in the form of a human flesh. But he said, I did not come to be served, but to serve. There's a fulfilling when you serve people rather than getting something. Because with receiving, it has to be constant. And people can't give that to you all the time. It's constant. But what you can do a lot, if you're willing, is to serve other people. That's what you can do. You can't force people to help you receive stuff. But what you can do is to give and serve and love that person selflessly, especially that best friend. You can do that. You have the ability to do that. But the mission is, is are you willing to do that? Are you willing to lay down your agenda for that best friend? For that best friend. We have to learn to serve each other selflessly. Because once we start to do that, we will learn that we are loved by others. We, are, we can learn to love and understand ourselves. And we ultimately start to learn that we are loved by God. But we can't do that when we don't appreciate or love ourselves. Because the way we treat others is the way that we treat ourselves 99.9% of the time. God wants you to know to be like Jonathan who, who, who lives selflessly for his friend. And that David, and then some of us need to be like David where it's like, accept that. Because some of us, it's hard to receive a friend like that because we're not used to it. But I want you to receive those moments. I want you to receive that and understand that you need a friend like that. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I need someone on the keys. No distractions around here. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. I want you to embrace this moment. Because this is a, de this is a detrimental message because out of everything I've preached about, one of the things you need to understand is that the start of a friendship is where you lay down first, is where you lay down yourself first for that friend. Jesus said the greatest, one of the, no greater love is this than to, one to lay down their life for their friends. That's what Jesus said. And Jonathan gave that picture of being that person who laid down their life even though they, could, they didn't have to, he didn't need to. He should have listened to his dad. He probably was, he could have been offended by David being king, but he decided to be selfless because he learned to love him as he would love himself. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray for a specific group of people in here, just one group, and then I'll close. If you're a person in here, it's hard because because you're you you know how to love people sometimes you know you know how to be for other people but you have a hard time loving yourself i know that's weird to to hear but 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 listen to this with spiritual ears it's hard to love yourself when people have told stuff about you or what you have told about yourself it's hard to love yourself when people have told you things and what you have told i want you to know that it is possible to love 
yourself, not as a selfish thing, but to understand that God wants you to know that you are accepted. And if you learn that you're accepted, you will learn to accept your friends. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If that's you, if you have a, if it's a hard time, it's like, Jacob, I, it's all, I, it, I can't, learn, I don't know how to love myself. I, it's hard to love myself. A lot of the times it's so hard to even just like myself. I don't really enjoy myself that much. I don't, I don't, I don't like myself. If that's you, I want you to make a bold move. If you are willing to receive God's love and blessing over you, I want you to raise your hand now. Thank you, Jesus. If it's hard to love yourself, not as a selfish thing, but as a thing where it's like, I want to love my friends, but I, I can't understand myself, so that must mean I can't understand my friends. I can't understand them. Get the hand lifted. throw your hand back down. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to speak this over you. The Lord wants you to know that, that you're not just loved, but you're already loved. That means that there's no other, there's no other, like you're not just being loved and getting loved, like you're already loved. God already put that in your life. God already had that for you. No distractions, no, no looking around. This is a moment. Don't get easily distracted. The enemy likes to distract in little moments like this because he knows that you need this because he wants you to be free from the fact that you don't like yourself and that you can't accept other friends because you have not learned to accept you because it starts within you. That's where it starts. So, Father... I pray for every single person in the room that raised their hand about not loving themselves. Father, I pray, Lord, that you reveal to them that they're already loved, they're already chosen, they're already a chosen people by God. Lord, we, we, we pray, Father, that you under, help them to understand that you have brought them here to know that you love them, that they are accepted into your kingdom, that they are accepted into your world, Father. Lord, that, that they don't have to feel ashamed anymore, Lord, that this can help them understand that they would want to love a friend as they would love themselves. Father, I pray, Lord, that they that they learn that, Lord, if they learn to love themselves, if they learn to, to appreciate themselves, Lord, they will learn to appreciate and love others. Lord, help them this week to sacrifice and live selflessly for a friend this week. Father, I pray, Lord, that you are maneuvering into their heart. Thank you, Jesus. That you're maneuvering that you're helping them understand that that they can be a selfless friend that they can't that this can happen doesn't feel like it but it can happen it can happen father we ask for your blessing and your mercy over the ones that hands were lifted father we pray lord that you are speaking to them lord you are revealing to them how to love themselves how to love you and how to love others father Lord, that they put they put their distractions and, and busyness aside, Lord, and they ask, Father, Lord, that you that you help them to realize that they are loved, that they are accepted, that 
they are chosen. That no, nothing else people say or what they say about themselves can stop what you have spoken about them. Lord, I pray that they receive by the power of your spirit that they are being renewed, that they are being refreshed, the ones that the hands were lifted. Because when they acknowledge, Lord, they show, Lord, I agree, I need you. I need to learn this. I need to learn this. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we honor you and we praise you for revealing that to us tonight. Lord, we need to learn to love selflessly, to love people like we would want to be loved and love ourselves and love you. We thank you, we praise you, and we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.